4. And if we think about that a little bit, we know that He is God. These commands are not optional. And they're very important. We talked a little bit about last week too about how the, it seems like that Christianity has focused more on evangelism and uh, getting people saved, but not discipling those people. And we, we gave the little illustration, if, if one person could win uh, 365 people a year, which is pretty incredible, and you only would win one, but you would disciple that one, <clears throat> this would keep going every year, every year. But then in the second year, two would, would win two, and then four, four, and then eight, eight. And you get to a place about 30 years into it where doing it this way <clears throat> surpasses 365 a year. And so we've got away from discipleship because uh, we want quick fixes, I guess, but the Lord in this commission gives us uh, the commission to disciple those which are saved. Today, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 22. It's, it's a very interesting passage because there's a couple of things going on here, but there are some clear commands in this passage. And so if you go with me to uh, chapter 22 of Matthew and verse 15. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And so actually, in, in, a, in a typical way, remember that when they sacrificed a lamb, they would shut him up for a number of days to make sure he had no blemish. Well, Jesus is entering into a testing time. And they're trying to trick him up here. They're trying to find something that they can accuse him of. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians. And so these Pharisees, instead of going themselves, the Lord more than likely knew all the leading Pharisees. When they come around, he could see them coming. And so they're not going to expose themselves. They're going to kind of go under the radar here. And instead of going themselves, they send their disciples and they are going to go with the Herodians. Now, normally, <laughs> these, these groups, the Pharisees and the Herodians, are, are not uh, on friendly terms. The Pharisees, of course, are very religious. They are uh, works for salvation. They are opposed to... to, uh, to um, the Romans. The Herodians, on the other hand, were sided with Herod and the Herods, which ruled in the southern part of uh, Israel. And they ruled there by the permission of the Romans. And so they were Roman friendly. And, and here the, um, the Pharisees aren't Roman friendly. But one thing they do have in common, and that is uh, their hatred for Jesus. He says, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. 
Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the persons of men. Which is true. They didn't like it. They're uh, buttering him up. They're trying to soften him up. And then they put the question to him. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? And Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me thy tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he said unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? And they said unto him, Caesar's. Then said he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. And so they think they have him when they ask this question, because it seems that even the way he answers it, he's in trouble. If he says, no, you, we shouldn't be given taxes, and the, particularly this one tax here uh, that is, is speaking about a head tax, uh, we shouldn't do that. Well, immediately Herodians are going to trot right over to Herod, and Herod's going to contact the uh, Romans. And the Romans, although the Romans let people kind of govern themselves, and, and there were some... There was peaceful times as long as you followed the rules. But when someone would go around teaching you shouldn't take taxes, then there's going to be a major problem. And in fact, uh, the, uh, uh, when they accused Jesus uh, in, Matthew, in Luke 23, it says that the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation, forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ the king. Now, the reason they said that to uh, Pilate is because they knew if Pilate, if they said to Pilate, uh, we, we don't agree with him on his stances religiously, Pilate would say, Get out of here. I don't care about your religion. But if they come and say, this guy said don't pay taxes, and he's saying he's a king, then they knew that uh, Rome would be, would be upset about that. And so they are uh, trying to trip him up. And if he'd say, no, don't pay it, well, the Rome would be upset. But if he said, yes, do pay it, then the, the Israel, the majority of Israel, particularly the Pharisees, are going to be really upset. There's a couple of reasons for that. One is, of course, they're an occupying country. Nobody wants to give money to an occupying country. Another is found when you uh, look at um, uh, Exodus chapter 20. You won't need to go there. But you, Exodus 20, you should know right away that that's one of the Ten Commandments. And one of the Ten Commandments said, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. And here, the, the, the denarius, the coin that was required for this poll tax, or this head tax, had um, Caesar's picture on it, graven in it. And they were opposed to that. We're not going to use this. We don't want to use this. We don't want anything to do with this because it has a graven image of Caesar. 
Actually, one time there was a great revolt and a lot of people died because uh, the Roman soldiers marched into uh, Jerusalem with their banner held up and had a picture on it and they considered it, they considered it worship of a false god and they rebelled against that and Rome said we're not putting up with this and they uh, put him down. And so uh, this, this tax here, as I said, it's a census tax. It was probably the most hated tax in uh, Rome or in Jerusalem, in Israel, because everybody had to pay it. Uh, uh, they, in paying it, another thing that, that amounted to, if, if we pay this tax, and we're and it's a poll tax, and it was used for it, it really the word is is the word census, and in giving this tax, Rome would have an idea and an understanding of actually how many people they were ruling over, and remember uh, when we talk when it talks about Jesus, uh, the decree went out that the whole world should be taxed, and Jesus and they went to their hometown. Uh, and Mary and Joseph. Well, that's what was taking place at that time. And so when you do that and you pay the tax, then you're acknowledging that you're part of the Roman Empire. And man, they didn't like that. They didn't want to be have any part uh, with the Roman Empire. And so they think that they've got him. If he answers yes, then... Uh, then the Jewish nation and the Pharisees are going to be upset. And if he answers no, then Rome is going to be upset. And so actually, it was a brilliant answer, but also it was a godly answer, a correct answer. Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto Rome, unto God, the things that are God. And so the command. Let me just point out you to what the command is here in this. The imperative. The imperative is the word render. Therefore, unto Caesar, the word render. And unto God, the things that are God. And so he's commanding them, not suggesting, but he's commanding them to. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar. Now, that comes down to today. What is the duty of a Christian to their government? Back in 1984, nearly 40 years ago, this church was organized by a missionary, and I was called to be the first pastor. I arrived here in June of 1984, and next year I've been here for 40 years. I got here and was getting acquainted with the people. There was about 20 people that it was organized with. There was a couple of guys that were prominent, the song leader and a guy in the church that brought a lot of money in, single man. 
And uh, after a while, I began to hear among them, and actually invited to go to a meeting of the Far North Patriots. Brother Gerth knows that term. <laughs> they were pretty strong. They were having meetings here in Fairbanks. And their main point was, we shouldn't pay taxes. That there's really no legislation or agreement of the people to pay taxes. And they were uh, opposed to pay taxes. And, and these men, uh, on a Christian level, here's a government that pays for abortions, a government that supports pornography through the National Endowment of Arts, a government that has allowed murderers out on the street to murder again, And uh, it's corrupt. Should we be paying taxes to them? Well, it wasn't long when I kind of kept my ear to the ground that I heard that both these men were not paying their taxes. One, one <laughs> was the song leader and the other was the treasurer. And the treasure, <laughs> I'm just telling you, you know, uh, when, this, when the church organized, and some of you know of Northland Wood, and when you go to Northland Wood, you get rough cut lumber. It's not planed, it's not been a kill. And, and I was told, you know, you got, you got really solid wood here. You got really solid lumber in this church, but it's rough cut. <laughs> and it was. And both of these men, one, the treasurer, I, I didn't finish that story, we're chasing a few rabbits today, but the treasurer couldn't even balance his own checkbook. Oh. Brother Demo sometimes thinks he has it rough. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> there was things going on. And I found out that the treasurer wasn't paying his taxes and the song leader wasn't paying his taxes. And in my mind's eye, I could see the headlines in the Fairbanks Daily News Minor. Black Road Baptist Church members arrested for non-payment of taxes. That's not good uh, advertisement. But beyond that, it wasn't biblical. And I hope to show you that today. Yes, it was a government, we have a government that pays for abortions, but it also pays for interstate highways. It's a government that supports the National Endowment of Arts, which has pornography, but it also keeps Russia out of Alaska. It's a government that sometimes releases prisoners before they should, but it's also a government that requires food to be properly processed before it's sold. Well, should we pay taxes? 
And Jesus would say, um, whose name is on the dollar bill? So one of the things that we need to understand is, is, is that God, God ordains government. Now, our, our nation is corrupt. And I don't know if we can say it's a godly nation anymore. But do you know that uh, Caesar was worshiping God in the first century? It's corrupt too. But if you study out Rome, the Pax Romana, which means the peace of Rome, covered all the area that Rome controlled. Before, there's always infighting and little, little tribes and different groups fighting. Rome made, a, made uh, highways that, were, that, that are still in existence in Europe today that would drain properly very solid foundations, and they made that because if there was insurrection happened uh, down the way someplace, their soldiers would get on that highway and immediately get there. They also made sure that no, the robbers got clamped down when you were going from one place to another in the, in the Rome's empire. They made the seas safe from the pirates. And so, actually, if you, I'm probably chasing too many rabbits today, but actually, if you study it out, when Jesus came into this world in the time that he came, there was, he came at a specific time. He came at a time when Rome had already done all this, when the, when the Koine Greek language was understood in all that, all that area, the Roman area and the area that Greek Alexander the Great had spread out before he died and Rome took over. And actually, God used Rome to prepare the, the quick process of the gospel going to the world. And so God has ordained authority. And Jeremiah, uh, I'll get you to turn to some of these. In uh, uh, Jeremiah, he says, I have made the earth, the man and the beast that are on the ground by my great power and my outstretched arm, and have given it to whom it seemed proper to me. And so the Lord was saying there that, that <laughs> oh boy, that he saw it proper for Biden to be president. Ah, that don't go good, does it? Well, we get what we deserve. In Psalms it says, for exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. In the book of Daniel, and he changes the times and the seasons, he removes kings and raises up kings. In Daniel chapter 4, the most high rules in the kingdom of men gives it to whomever he will, and sets over it the lowest of men. The most high rules in the kingdom of men, and gives it to whomever he chooses. And so God has allowed government. 
He is for government. Now, uh, what is a so God's ordained government? Now let's let's look at what. Uh, uh, how should I put this? The Bible on our duty to our government. Go over to Romans chapter 13. Verse 1, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, and the powers that be are ordained of God. And so Romans 13, the first thing it says, 13 and 1, God ordains authority. You can't even read this. I don't know why I'm putting it up here, except there's a little trick that's going on here. Every time I write something, you think it might be significant, and so, so you don't doze off. It's a teaching tool. So you boring teachers use that as a tool. You'll know what I think of my teaching. Verse 2. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. And to, to, resist, to resist is to resist God. Now, you all know that there is, a, there is one uh, exception to this. And remember when they called, uh, I think it was Peter and John, and told them, uh, the uh, Pharisees, I mean the San Sanhedrin and the authority in Israel, they told them not to preach or teach anymore in Jesus' name. And they said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And so when there's direct conflict with the word of God, we ought to resist. And I think that, I think we ought to cry out against abortion. But I don't know if we ought to try to overthrow the government. But we ought to, we ought to speak up concerning those things that are bad. And then he says in verse 3, one of the purposes of government, the rulers are not a terror to good works. It says that, uh, you know, uh, the governor and the, the police officer, in most cases, I guess, there's corruption and everything today. But they're not a terror to good works. If you're, if you're obeying and you're living good and you're not a, 
insurrection and you're not trying to overthrow the government, then they're not after you, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. And so he's saying, obey the law. That there is a, they, they uh, have power to enforce the law. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. Interesting. This police officer is considered as a minister of God. Not that he's saved, but he's ordained of God. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. That is, he packs a gun for a reason. The sword is for a reason. And actually, if we would, I believe, I think I can support it biblically, that if we would reinstate capital punishment, crime would drop. For he is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Therefore, you must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but for conscience sake. What's our conscience have to do? Well, our conscience toward God. For this cause pay ye tribute. <laughs> you go pay your taxes. The poll tax. The taxes. For they are God's ministers attending continually upon the very thing, this very thing. Was I upset when... Uh, when the property values increased and they came around and appraised my house and they increased my house in one year, the, the value of my house, uh, $25,000. Yeah, I was upset. But I'm pretty glad when a fire breaks out in my area and if it broke out in my house that the North Star Fire Department comes and puts it out. Wherefore, you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but for conscience sake. For, 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 for this cause, pay ye tribute also. For there are the gods and ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. All right, go over to First Peter. First Peter. First Peter, Chapter Two, and Verse Thirteen. Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so it is the will of God that they with well-doing you may be put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free 
and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. And so it tells us to submit to the laws, the ordinances of man, to the governors, and to those that take care of evildoers. Now, go back with me. I want to point out some words here. We'll probably finish early today. But in, uh, which means I get to chase more rabbits. You guys know that. Back in Luke chapter 22. There's two words that I want you to uh, see here that are very important words. In 22 and verse 17, let's see. No, that's not. What have I done here? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in loop. We've got to be in Matthew. Matthew 22. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? The important word there is the word the word give. The word give means to, it means to, to give a gift. If I give you something, it's a, uh, it's not something that I owe you. It's something that I have and it belongs to me and I have the decision and, and the will, power to say, I'm gonna give this to you or not. And so they're saying, that the question that they asked Jesus, is it proper to give money, this tribute money, this poll tax to Caesar? It's ours, it belongs to me, God's given this to me. Is it proper for me to give what God has given to me through my labor? Is it proper for me to give this to Caesar? But when you go to 21, the word is render. Completely given, but completely different. Render has the idea that it's due. I have a little apartment above the uh, garage when the 
church helped me build my house. I have put an apartment over there, so when I get old and decrepit, as I'm rapidly heading toward, I'll have some income. And when my renter pays a rent, it's due. She's not just giving it to me. And what he's saying here, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. He's saying that it's a bill we owe. We're helping to pay for fire protection, for road maintenance, for police protection. That uh, we, we should be willing, especially as Christians, to pay our due. When all the rest of the society is paying their due, we ought to be willing to pay our due. And the Lord's saying, this is not something that this money that you have, that it belongs to you. This is, this money belongs to the government. And so when the two men I told you about back in 1984, I asked him, one of them, why didn't you pay your taxes? Well, I, I was trying to get my house in order and I was building my house and I used my money to build my house. Well, you don't have that option. And finally, I had to go to them and say, listen, if you guys don't pay your taxes, you're not serving in this church anymore. Remember, I only had like 20 people. <laughs> but I could lead the singing. And I could do the books. If uh, the testimony of the church was in the balance. If you don't pay your taxes and you're a member of this church, you need to uh, start paying or get out of the church. You see, these commands here, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you, they are not options. They're commands. And the testimony of the service of the Lord is at hand and, and it's, it lies in the balance. But you know, really, that's not the difficulty of this passage. The difficulty is, he said, and unto God, the things that are God's. Render means it's due. Look on down here in chapter 22, down to verse 37. Jesus said unto him, he's talking about the greatest commandment. Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And as you know, that commandment covered the first 
five commandments of the Ten Commandments. And the second is to love thy neighbor as thyself. And those cover the next five. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. Man's relationship to man. God is due our love. We're to render our love to him. What greater love could be than him dying in our place? He's do that. Look over in Titus, another thing that render unto God the things that are God. In Titus, first and second Timothy, Titus chapter two. Titus two and verse eleven. He's talking about vain and unruly talkers, verse 10, for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially them of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped. I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That we owe the Lord to live like his children. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Whom gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purifying himself a peculiar people. That means a people unto himself, not that they're strange and weird. Zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. And so he wants us to live godly and soberly. And then 1 Peter says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto him, unto righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. And so we owe to the Lord, not for our salvation, because that's secure. But we owe to the Lord to obey, to live a life that would glorify Him. You see, Satan, Satan cannot take our soul once we're saved. But here's what he wants to do. He wants us to live a life that will not result in glorifying Jesus Christ. Whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Once you're saved, the main purpose of our life is to bring glory to God. And in bringing glory to God, our lives take upon great purpose and meaning, great peace. And so we owe to our government. I know we grumble. I don't like paying taxes. I don't agree with the policies of our federal government or even our state government. 
But there are so many things that they do that benefit us. And even if they don't, even if we're in a country where there's worshiping our leader as God, Jesus said, render, it's due. You're not giving them anything. You're paying what's due. You're paying your part. And uh, it results in uh, being in the will of God. You see, the very best citizens of any country ought to be God's children. It's a bad taste that people get in their craw when, when uh, Christians are always going against the government. I forget that guy. Somebody back there in the Midwest, uh, forget, it was a Baptist church. Uh, maybe you guys recall it, but they would, they would uh, because, because of our liberal laws concerning homosexuality, uh, they would celebrate the death of soldiers at their church because our government was corrupt. You know what? <laughs> Nobody's going to that church that's got a brain. That's wickedness. And let me say to you, uh, I told you I was going to use up all my time here. If we're going to change this world and we're going to change this nation, It's not going to happen protesting in the street because the problem goes to the heart. And man's heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And only God can make a new creature through the preaching of the gospel. Let's just keep doing what our business is to do. All right? The crisis moment. Are you going to pay what's due? Not give. Oh, I had to give my money to the government. No, you paid what is due. All right. You're dismissed.